Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to author Shawnee King about his book, Have I Ever Told You Black Lives Matter? Shawnee is a fantastic individual. His book is structured in a way that is both empowering to children and educational with over a hundred different biographies of specific black individuals in history who have had tremendous success in varying degrees of careers. And we get into a really powerful conversation. We're talking about the genesis for him to write this book, what it means to him to write this book that is empowering all children and having it be released in such a time as 2021 with a lot of unrest, racial unrest, societal unrest in the country. And then also what it means to talk about this book in February during Black History Month. It's a great conversation. I'm really excited for you to listen to it. And I just want to thank you, the listeners, for continuing to come back week after week for this show. So we're entering into our fifth season, fifth year of the podcast. And I'm very excited to continue to grow this podcast in a way where we can detox from the world around us and get a window into how other people live their lives. We are trying to make a more inclusive world for ourselves and for our kids. And we're doing that one interview at a time, one episode at a time. And I'm really excited to continue to build this community, have these conversations, and really just make a better world. I love it. So stick around. My conversation with Shani will be right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long form, a career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is a fantastic author, dad, and human, Shawnee King. Shawnee, how are you doing today? 
Joe, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as is every sort of day in parent dad land has been crazy and busy and unpredictable. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, I just finished reading two books to my kids uh, after they had a sort of impromptu dance party. Of course. On yes. Their beds. Right. <laughs> which involved both happiness and extreme sort of anger and frustration at yes. one another. But yeah. I think they may be asleep at this point. So, um, you know, it's it's great. It's great. Thank you very much for having me. I love the um, the sort of like um, spectrum of, or not really spectrum, but there's like a, a crescendo of excitement. And then all of a sudden it starts dipping into anger and frustration with the other child. Like they're like, you know, bumping into each other. And, and they were yeah. like, it's you're listening upstairs or in the other room and you're like are there yeah. squeals of laughter they tears yeah. of madness what is happening and they sound the yeah. same and then you have yeah. to poke your head in you're like they're fine and then you turn your back and all of a sudden it's it's gone haywire and it's gone south and all of a sudden they're at each other's throats and, and then they're fine again and then something will make them laugh and then they're good and it's just it, every every bit of that emotion comes into play. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, and, and being a parent, and being a parent, right? You know exactly what's going to happen, right? Because you've lived long enough, right, to see this movie many, many times, yeah. right? Like <laughs> it's like you know you've seen it many, many times, right? Like it's episode one of season one, and you've watched it seventeen times, right. and you know exactly what's going to happen, yeah. right? But but they're kids, right? right? So on a certain level, even sort of physiologically, right, they don't have the capacity, right, to do what you would do as an adult in yes. that situation, yes, right? And so, but but even though you know that they don't have the capacity, right, and you've seen this movie before, right, you know, you know, you 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 sort of try often to approach it as if there are many adults, and like right. you know what, guys, listen be logical this is what's going to happen if you do this right right even though you know they can't like yes. you know because that's your job right yep. your job is to try and impart sort of your experience and your knowledge to yeah. help guide these beings that can't guide themselves so you're like you right. know what i'm going to do i'm going to help guide them to become better people and i'm going to teach them some lessons at 10 o'clock when it's two hours past their bedtime <laughs> and they haven't really eaten dinner and they're yeah. exhausted now's the time to teach them lessons and then eventually right you wait the white flag mm -hmm. and maybe one of them falls asleep then you fall asleep then the other one falls asleep then your alarm goes off and you realize okay now i have to get up and finish my work right. what just happened <laughs> another day yes. right so yes anyways uh so joe thank you very much for having me of course so i uh, life is life is life is great i'm very lucky to have uh these uh, wonderful um kids and happy to be on the show i you know i absolutely love your perspective and story because it's so it's so accurate and it's so authentic and actually that brings me to today's sponsor of the podcast which is snuffy snuffy's a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence 10 percent of profit goes to lgbt BTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color shop online now at snuffy.co that's snuffy s-n-u-f-f-y.co the owner and operator of snuffy is nick silvestri he designed the detox logo so if you like the logo you want to go support him go check it out snuffy.co but I want to start. So here at the Detox Podcast, we uh, it, it, it's a culture and conversation podcast where we invite people to come and de quote unquote detox from the world around them and get a window into how other people live their lives so we can help try and make a more inclusive world. So I want to level set the episode, Shani, by asking you, what are you currently quote unquote detoxing from in your life? 
Wow, what am I currently detoxing from in my life? That's uh, you know, that's a that's a great question. Um, huh, what am I detoxing from? Well, you know, it's funny because you know my 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 wife is is a realist, Joe, right? <laughs> and she like you know she really she really is like, you know, I, I keep it real when I'm having a bad day. I tell people I'm having a bad day when I'm having a good day, you know, I'm having a good day. And so like, she's like, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, I mean, I think what I'm detoxing from Joe is, um, is I think, you know, a couple of things. Number one is, is the, uh, the the pandemic a little bit mm. right i mean it's and i think you know it's i mean let me first say joe i'm very fortunate right like right. you know and as we were talking about before i'm so i'm very fortunate to have uh, someone that tells me what to do like a job right. and that someone pays me for right, right. many people don't have that yeah. right i'm very fortunate to be um healthy and my kids are healthy and you know these are things that i think you know uh, I hope I didn't take for granted before. And if right. I did, I really hope that I don't take them for granted now. Right. So I'm very, very lucky. But I think, you know, there are things that I do miss, right? And there are things that I have to detox from. And so, you know, the pandemic is one of them, right? I mean, like everyone else, like I would just want life to get back to normal, right? right? I just want to be able to walk out of the house without a mask and not worry about whether the person that just walked by me who wasn't wearing a mask, you know, breathed on me. I want my kids, most importantly, yeah. like I want my kids to be able to go back to school yeah. and socialize yeah. and make friends, right? right? And interact with the world. And so I think, you know, every time I speak with someone, it's like a gift. Like, you know, you said, thank you for being on the show. And I'm like, thank you for calling me and giving me this impromptu sort of therapy session. Because every time I talk to someone, it's like therapy. So I think right. I'm detoxing from this sort of, you know, uh, a couple of things. Number one is the crazy sort of pandemic world that we're in, right? right? And having a conversation so with someone is 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 sort of one way to one way to do that right i mean even though you know it's virtual like i feel like we're speaking we're not wearing masks so we can sort of pretend that it's normal right. and and i think the other thing that i'm detoxing from is i think you know uh i think it's sort of an unfortunate sort of um divisive political mm. um environment yeah. in which i think you know i think is um you know is is hopefully joe not reflective of who we are as a country but also i think you know creates some challenges i think for uh you know for kids and i think yeah. sends messages to certain kids that you know they may not be sort of as you know uh, special or as important yeah. or as sort of valued as, as other people, which yeah. I think is, uh, I think, you know, so I'm detoxing from those two things, the pandemic. And I think from, I think a political environment, which I think, you know, reflects, uh, in some ways, a larger society that doesn't always value, yeah. um, reflect the value in, in people. And yeah. so, um, those are, that's, that's what I'm detoxing from. But yeah. I, of course, you know, I, I just want to make a point that I'm, very, 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 very fortunate. So I almost sure. feel uncomfortable saying that I'm detoxing from anything. No, but I think it's 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 helpful to be 
cognizant of the fact that we as individuals, so I think, I think the opportunity that we have, you know, both of us have the, are very blessed in that we have a happy and healthy family and we are stable with our careers and we're able to take that and recognize that who knows if we took it for granted before. We're definitely not taking it for granted now. And right. so the best thing that we can do to be in the best position to help ourselves and to help others is to kind of step back as we need to, to kind of detox and unplug from the goings-ons. But I like the, the, the part that you pointed out about trying to detox from the political climate, which has been stoked consistently to have folks feel that some people are not as good as other people in our society. And and here at the podcast, we're trying to make a more inclusive world so folks like our, our kids can understand that the world has been unbalanced and has not had a lot of equity and inclusion and that we're working towards that. But there are a lot of people that still have these beliefs that are frankly not helpful for a society. And that's putting it very mildly. But I do yeah. want to, I, I want to use that as a segue into your brilliant book, which is what you're on the show to talk about. Have I ever told you Black Lives Matter? So I've got it here and we'll be sharing links and pictures and everything as well. But it's a brilliant book, both beautifully written and wonderfully illustrated. And it's a opportunity for folks to show their kids and I, I feel reaffirm to if you if you so I, I will be for those who don't know, I'm a, a white man. And so for my kids, it gives them an opportunity to learn about different people in history who they may not be exposed to on a regular basis. And for those who, you know, are uh, black families, it gives them different individuals to show their kids, look, here's a scientist, here's an artist, here's an athlete, here's a politician, here's all of these different people who did amazing things. You can do anything because here are examples. And so I'd love for you to to kind of talk through your origins of the book, what drove you to start writing this particular book, and why now specifically? Sure. So I think, Joe, all of my, you know, at this point in the conversation, it's not going to be a surprise to you to know that all of my books are inspired by my kids. And they're either uh, inspired by conversations that I have with my children or conversations that I want to have with my children. And so um, the first, uh, so, so my first book, Have I Ever Told You, was actually inspired by uh, conversations that I was having with my children at the time. And again, right, this is just a few years ago, um, there was a, a very similar political discourse mm. that I think, you know, as I mentioned, reflected a society that uh, doesn't um, always reflect uh, who my kids are. And so I, and I was you know, my kids aren't political junkies, right? <laughs> They're, I don't give them, you know, uh, carte blanche access to right. news, but, but they hear what their mommy and I talk about, right? They are exposed to their friends, right? They occasionally hear things on television. They see things on, uh, they, they hear things on, you know, I listen to podcasts sometimes right. in the car, right? And they, so they're exposed. 
um, to society in different ways, you know, in, in, in ways that we don't even think about, right, right, as adults. Our kids are exposed. And so I knew that they were exposed to this. And so I started uh, talking to them and telling them stories and, and asking them, have I ever told you, right? And that's where the first book came from. And I actually wrote a love letter sort of to my children. Uh, and I, I posted it on Facebook. And then someone said, you know, uh, you know, could you turn that into a book? And that's where my first book actually came from. Um, and, you know, my, my career is focused on children. So it was in keeping with sort of my larger uh, goal of empowering kids, but I hadn't written, written a children's book before. Mm -hmm. So that's the first book. And then Have I Ever Told You Black Lives Matter, right? Again, uh, came from conversations. This actually came from conversations that I always wanted to have mm -hmm. um, with my children, right? And again, we're still in a political um, climate that I think is reflective of a society that doesn't uh, always value uh, people in the way that it should. Right. And so the Black Lives Matter movement happened and it reminded me that I always wanted my children to be proud of who uh, they are, right? right. And, and one thing that I wanted to be, them to be proud of is, is their history. Right. Is and I want them to know that they come from a long tradition, right? Of powerful people, of success, right? Of brilliance, of accomplishment in every field uh, and endeavor, right? Because part of who our kids are, right, is their history. And so sometimes as parents, we will talk to our kids about, right, their grandparents, right, right. and their great grandparents, right? But, you know, the history of other people who look like them, right, um, or, um, you know, who, uh, who are from where they're from, right? right, or who speak the same language that they do. Yeah. or who may be the same sexual orientation, right? That history is part of their history as well, yes. right? And so, you know, at any given point in time, right, the political climate and society doesn't always sort of affirm them in that way, right? And so I, I'd always wanted to make sure, Joe, that my children understood their history, right? And my kids are... You know, I'm uh, uh, African-American. My, my wife is Nicaraguan. I'm Jewish. My wife is Catholic. So they have lots of different histories. Right. And I've always wanted them to know um, all of these histories. Right. As you know, you know, you there, there are different histories to tell. Yeah. Right. If you're talking about, for example, U.S. or American, there are lots of different sort of narratives that you can tell, right, that end up this is African-American history, which is American history, too, but it's African-American history. And I've always wanted my kids to know that history so they would be proud of that part of themselves. And it's really hard, right, to, 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 to sit your kids down, right, and give them a comprehensive history lesson in a way that sticks. So, uh, so Black Lives Matter happened. And I thought, you know what? Now's the time to write this book for my children and other children. And it's a two-part book. The first part is an inspirational narrative, right, right. Um, that's meant to inspire 
uh, children. And the second part um, is uh, over a hundred biographies of people discussed in the text, in which each biography, as you know, has a quotation from each person in their own words. Right. And so really it's meant to uh, spark interest, to inspire and to empower uh, children um, in, I think, a way that I don't remember being inspired or empowered. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful because as we see so often, when, when you do not see yourself represented in across society as a child, you internalize that as these types of roles are are traditionally a white man. These types of roles are traditionally these kinds of people. I need to pursue these types of routes because I've not seen a scientist who looks like me. I've not seen um, a law professor that looks like me, right? You know, I mean, there's, I've not seen these types of, of situations. And so the more that we are able to demonstrate that no, you can be anything. And here's several, over a hundred examples of different people with different career paths who live different lives. The more that we can empower our children to be whoever they want to be and, and really embody that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, Joe. I mean, when I, when I first had kids, I have a, I have a colleague um, who's a law professor, but she also focuses on African-American history. And she said, Shawnee, you know, she said, you know, I know your kids are little, but I, but you need, but please start reading to them and start reading to them with books that reflect who they are, mm. you know, with people that look like them. Right. And, you know, kids start seeing things like race, right? As early as there are studies that have shown three months, right? right. And they develop positive and negative associations with race, right? As early as, for example, three years, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, I mean, you're exactly right, right? I mean, and so, you know, it's important that, uh, kids, if, if you don't see yourself, right, reflected in society, right, except in sort of uh, less than positive, a less than positive light, right, that's, how is that going to be empowered, right? How are you going to think, yes, you know what, I'm proud of who I am, and that is what I can do. Right. And I think, you know, the nature of our society, right, is the, the histories that we tell ourselves, that, yes. that we tell our children, are not always nearly as inclusive, yes. right, as, yes. they, as they need to be. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's important to start early. So as our children begin to develop sort of their own identities, right, as they begin to think about who they are, which happens even before they can speak, right? Right? They, they, they develop positive associations with who they are, with who they can be, and frankly, with who other people can be. Yes. Right? Because so many of the problems we have, right, are not only have to do with people not having confidence and believing in themselves and having a positive sense of self, but have to do, right, with, 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 with other people not having sort of positive perceptions of those people, right, who aren't reflected in the dominant historical narratives in a positive light, right? right? So it's important, it's not only important that black kids, for example, right, know about this sort of trajectory and history of black excellence 
and success and empowerment and humility, right? It's important that everybody understand that this is part of all of our American history. Yes. And frankly, you know, white kids should be as proud of this yes. as black kids are because this is just, it's just history. It's yes. all our history. Exactly. So, um, you know, what inspired these books was my kids um, and sort of my overall sort of mission to empower children. Right. And so, of course, you know, I'm a dad, right? I'm at home. My job is to, is to, is to help my kids be proud of who they are and confident, but also be empathetic. But that is also sort of part of my sort of uh, professional identity, right? Is right. to empower kids and help them be confident, but also empathetic. Yes. And so I thought that this book, right, at this time would help certain children uh, be confident, right? Yes. Children who need this narrative, right? Yes. Be confident, right? Exactly. And help them sort of discover, right? Uh, 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 a narrative and people within this narrative yes. that would help them develop a sense of self, but also help them develop empathy, right? And understanding of people who may not be exactly like them. Right. Now, that's extremely powerful. I was, as you were talking about that, I was transported back to November mm. and we were watching when, uh, well, we're we're recording this on the eve of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's inauguration. You will hear this right. after the fact. So I almost right. said president elect and vice president elect, but at by the time right. folks are listening, they're they're the president and vice president. So I will say when President Biden was speaking, before he was on, Vice President Kamala Harris took the stage and I remember I was sitting, I was holding my daughter and she was talking about to all of the little kids and all the little girls that are watching at home, this is for you. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's something to the effect that you can do anything you set your mind to. You can, you can reach any office in the land and this is for all the little kids watching at home. And I just remember I was, I was tearing up and crying and I was telling my daughter, I'm like, this is the first ever woman vice president that we've ever had. And yeah. my daughter kind of shrugged her shoulders and was like, well, of course she's vice president. I can be vice president. She can be vice That's president. Fantastic. And and like that right there is all of the kids being able to see <laughs> themselves projected on that stage where traditionally she's not aware of a world in which a woman wasn't allowed to be in that spot, you know? And, and that, but to your point, white kids, kids of color, all kinds of kids that we have right, right. need the ability to see themselves and others represented so we really can have and work through to that in inclusive society. I want to transition now and, and talk a bit about, because I think what's so powerful about your book is the historic, the historical merits and quotes and perspectives that it has, which it's both, like you said, the book about empowering kids and also educating kids, which is what we really focus on here is educating and empowering our listeners. So now that it is February, what does what has Black History Month historically meant to you? And then what does it mean to you now through the lens of it being 2020 and you having this book released? Or 2021. Woo! <laughs> I went in yeah, time warp yeah. there for a second. 2021. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> It does feel like with this with the pandemic, it does feel like a time warp. Like time moves very, very quickly and very, very slowly at the yeah. same time. It's, it's very, it's sort of crazy. Yep. So, Joe, I you know I think you know it's interesting and and 
you know, for for me, um, uh, you know, Black History Month, right, has just been, you know, in some ways, right, just a, a, a rem, uh, sort of uh, a couple of things. I mean, um, you know, a, a reminder, right, to uh, that, to, to, you know, since I've been a dad, honestly, right, a reminder, right, to make sure that, you know, I, I sort of, I talk about all of the sort of, uh, sort of historically significant things, right? That are reflective of my kids uh, to my kids uh, as often as I can, right? And, you know, we get caught up in our daily lives and, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then Black History comes, Month comes around and I'm like, you know what? Do my kids know about this? Do my kids know about that? So that's one thing that, um, you know, Black History Month is sort of meant to me since I've been a dad, just a reminder, right? That sort of, uh, who my kids are is, you know, has to do with people that have come before them, that they stand on the shoulders of giants and that they should know that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, but I think, you know, uh, but, but for, but for me, honestly, Joe, I mean, I think, you know, uh, black history month is also a reminder to me that the history of people who are not sort of, you know, uh, sort of historically, right, in power is often relegated to, um, uh, to sort of a side narrative. Yes. Right. Because really sort of black history, right, is American history. Yes. Right. So, so instead of black history month, Right. You know, we should just have black history integrated into history so that there's no need. So that if someone said, you know, should you have a black history month, you'd say, well, I mean, why? Like, should we have a history month? Like we talk about black history whenever we talk about history. So it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, on the one hand, uh, you know, it reminds me, you know what? My kids really need to, you know, I, I, I need to talk about the fact that my kids stand on the shoulders of giants so I can empower them, right? Um, But on the other hand, you know, Black History Month to me, right, has just reminded me in some ways, right, of the need for a book like this one, right, to not be only the focus during one month of the year, right, but to just be part of the curriculum in a way that isn't noteworthy. Right. And so I, you know, and so I am in no way, shape or form, right, advocating for sort of a colorblind society, Joe, because I think that diminishes people's identity. Right. Right. But I am saying that what Black Black History Month sort of means to me now and has meant to me is is it's just been a reminder that, you know, uh, for all of us and particularly, you know, my focus is children. Right. We need sort of all of the histories of all of the people. Right. right, who are part of our polity, right, to be part of the dominant canon, the dominant yes. narrative that everyone talks about. Right. I mean, and and there's so many reasons why that's not been the case, right? And historically it's been because the reality of a lot of the history is it's uncomfortable for right. folks to talk about how awful some of our history, well, I uh, know some of the people in our history were because, uh, I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, 
people want to talk about, as an example, people want to talk about George Washington and all the great things he did for us as a leader right. and the first president, but right. they don't want to talk about the fact that he had slaves or that one of his slaves ran away and wasn't caught and was able to live right. free. I mean, like, like it, it's, uh, it's, uh, no, I want my, my mind to have this great white, um, well, no pun intended in this case, but like, like, um, hero as put him up on a pedestal, put him up on a rock face. And I don't want to accept the flaws that he had, but if you're able to deconstruct all of the history and be able to say, yeah, he was a very flawed individual as well. He did good things. He also had an outdated view of society. Um, and that's awful. And we should talk about it so that way we can understand and grow and, and appropriately take the things that we need to take from history while also understanding that there is good and bad because that's how people work and that we are learning and growing as a society. And that's how we can, and can continue to ensure that we're incorporating all of these historical elements and not cherry picking, uh, what we want from history. I mean, I'm even thinking about, uh, the fact that the in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I mean, HBO did a brilliant Watchmen series and they yeah. depicted uh, Tulsa in the 1920s. And, uh, it was, I forget the actual street name, but it was commonly referred to as black, black wall street. And that was not yeah. something that I was familiar with up until a handful of years ago. It was totally absent right. from my curriculum, my learning. Right. And it's because it is a fully functioning society where uh, individual African-American individuals were able to create this financial sector in society that was purely something that they created. And when it got to a level of success, white supremacists came and burned it down because they didn't like that there was uh, competition uh, or not competition, but just something that was absent of them, absent of, right. of white individuals. And, and, and we've seen that replayed over and over and over in history where when people that have been uh, where white supremacists have have come in to try and incite riots and insurrections because they don't like the fact that their perceived view of society is being challenged and 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 shaken and that's what's really difficult and that's where we find ourselves here now in in 2021 so bringing that all back around there is a, a lot that I'm learning as a 33-year-old man um, that I'm learning for the first time. And it's a shame because I feel that it would have shaped my view a lot differently had I learned it when I was a child, going through school and having it be incorporated. But what I can take from that is the knowledge that I do know it now and that I am able to share it with my kids and have them understand and incorporate that history into their own their own mindset. So as we're as we're starting to transition into the final segments of the show, Shani, I'm going to ask you, uh, what is one thing that you really want folks to take from the book when they pick it up and they read it for themselves and also read it with their children? Um, so uh, so I guess a couple of things, Joe. I mean, number one, I think that um, like I think I've mentioned, right? The structure of the book is 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 really important to understand. And I think so uh, <clears throat> the first half of the book, right, really is sort of uh, an empowering um, uh, narrative um, that, 
I think is meant to sort of underscore the breadth of and the depth of uh, African-American uh, success and achievement. Um, and the second part of the book, uh, as I've mentioned, involves over a hundred uh, narratives. And I think each of the narratives, uh, as you know, uh, includes a quote from uh, these, some of the people in the book in their own words. Right. And, you know, the, the, and I, I love that element of the book, right? Because it really allows, I think, will allow for uh, people and adults and children, right? To, uh, to find uh, these people where they happen to be in right. their own lives and be inspired by them, right. right? And so I think number one is the structure of the book. Uh, number two, I think, um, uh, you know, context is, is really, really important. And I think my kids know about, right, um, and this, this know about slavery and they know about the civil rights movement, right? And they know about, uh, you know, Charles Hamilton Houston, the legal architect, right. uh, uh, one of the legal architects of uh, overcoming discrimination in Rosa Parks. Right? They know about uh, all of that. But I think one important narrative um, that I think is part of the struggle, I think, is the struggle of... Uh, all of us to be recognized for who we are. And I think that is one of the things that this book tries to accomplish, right? It tries to uh, uh, remind people that, you know, for example, right, the Black Lives Matter movement or the civil rights movement, right? It's just really a struggle yeah. to be recognized for who, who, who we are. Right. And when you read the narrative and you look at the bios, right? There's, it's, it's nonfiction. Yep. Right. And it is, you know, I mean, there are, there are many, many, many more people that, uh, in that, that ex have existed, right. That are included in this book. Right. right? Uh, but what this book reflects, right. Is just who we are. Right. There's really no. And so I think one important, I think thing that I want people to know is that, um, this book, right, contributes to, I think, one of the key elements, right, of the struggle, which is just, right, the struggle to be recognized for who we are. Yes. And it's something that I think applies, right, to Black children and white children and Latinx children and LTBGTQ uh, children, right? I mean, it's 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 a struggle of you know, it's 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 a sort of fundamental childhood struggle, Joe, right? Yes. To be recognized for who you are, yes. and I think that is one of the things that I've hoped to accomplish with this book. I absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much. We are going to transition into things to check out. So it's a segment where I provide one thing that I'm listening to and one thing that I'm currently reading for the listeners. And I ask my guests to do the same. So I will go first. Uh, what am I listening to? Who am I reading? And what am I listening to? So who am I reading? Uh, I am actually uh, still rereading How I, Have I Ever Told You Black Lives Matter. So shameless plug there. Uh, I will let you know. But uh, also <laughs> what I'm currently reading is a book uh, called The Leader's Guide to Unconscious Bias, How to Reframe Bias, Cultivate Connection, and Create High-Performing Teams. Um, so one thing that I think is very helpful for me uh, working to make a more inclusive workspace and world is thinking about how 
biases creep into our professional environment, whether we're hiring, whether we're leading teams, whether we're working within teams, how do we encounter bias on a daily basis? How do we recognize our blind spots and how can we grow as individuals? That's what I'm currently reading. And then what I'm currently listening to, I'm listening to a podcast called The Stacks. So Tracy, who is the host of The Stacks, uh, which is a book review podcast, has been on the show before. She's fantastic. I always love her podcast. So I, because we're talking about books and books that you should check out, definitely if you enjoy this and you're here for the book talk, go check out Stacey's podcast, The Stacks. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Uh, so now, Shani, who are you reading and what are you listening to? Right. So, um, so who, who, what, what am I reading? So, you know, most of my time, Joe, honestly, is spent, <laughs> is been reading children's books. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that tends to be sort of, but I'm also reading a cast, right? A oh, book yes. by... Uh, Right, a book, a book by um, by Isabel uh, Wilkerson, um, uh, and so what am I listening? So that's what I'm. That's what I'm reading at the one of the things that I'm reading at the moment. I also happen to love right biographies, so I have a number of different um, sort of biographical uh, kinds of books right on my nightstand. Um, uh, what am I listening to? Um, so I am just sort of a serial um, podcast uh, listener. And yeah. so, uh, you know, right now I happen to be in Brazil, but, you know, normally I commute to Gainesville. And so I listen to um, lots of different podcasts, right? I listen to a podcast, Slow Burn. I listen to, you know, a, a Vox uh, podcasts. Um, I listen to, you know, I mean, so many different uh, books on tape. Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, so so that's that's what I'm that's what I am reading right now. Um, uh, that's what I am listening to. I love that. All right. Well, we are going to transition to the final segment of the show. It's the dad joke of the week. It's a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guests in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans. But I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guests. So it works out. I do like to put my guests on the spot, though. Shawnee, do you have any jokes that you would like to offer up today? Gosh, um, I don't have any jokes. <laughs> Maybe thankfully, right? <laughs> it's all good. I, I, you know, I, I do not have any jokes uh, that, that I'd like to offer up. That's all right. I've got several. So here we go. <clears throat> uh, Shawnee, why do melons have weddings? Why do melons have weddings? I don't know. Why do melons have weddings? Uh, because they can't elope. They can't elope. They can't elope. All right, all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shani, why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? Invisible man turned down the job offer. Um, I don't know why. Well, he couldn't see himself doing it. He just couldn't <laughs> see himself doing it. All right. Now, Shani, yeah. I wanted to let you know that uh, the other day, uh, I got really mad at my friend Mark. He stole my dictionary. And uh, when I saw him, I said, Mark, my words. Mark, my words. Mark, my words. All right, all right. All right. Johnny, yeah. people want to follow you and see what you're up to. What's the best way for them to do that? 
Um, so they can, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I am on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn. I am on, what else do we have? I mean, you know, sometimes I publicly post to Facebook. Uh, I'm sure, you know, if they Google, and I also have a website, I think it's www, I think it's shawneemking.net. Um, I should know that, but if you Google Shawnee King, um, you'll be able to find all of those sources of social media. I love that. It is uh, Shawnee mking.com actually mking.com there it is all right well shawnee we need a hashtag for this episode so should we go with hashtag have i ever told you that would be excellent okay great all right well shawnee thank you so much for coming on the show this has been an absolute delight a great conversation and i look forward to having you back on the show again Excellent. Thank you very much, Joe. You're welcome. Listeners, I'll be back next week with another great episode. But until then, hashtag have I ever told you. And as always, I will try to hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W. Dot com.